Today, we're watching Star Trek, The Next Generation. When responding to a distress call, the Enterprise arrives to find a devastated planet, save for one house, which is untouched, and its inhabitants unscathed. But the couple who survived is pretty obviously hiding something. So let's get to it. From October 7th, 1989, it's season three, episode three, The Survivors, or this is the worst production of Odd Golden Pod I have ever seen. <laughs> I'm Cam, that's Dan, and this is The Met Generation. you <laughs> no you didn't break me i just i wrote that just for you i was like this is this is a special subtitle just for cameron <laughs> and i loved it huzzah there's something you don't hear about every day on the golden pond uh, you want to suck face <laughs> <laughs> terrible yeah it's not the best yeah it's not it's definitely it's... not my favorite piece that's for sure no, not but you know a, it is my favorite piece. Dad ass. <laughs> Sorry, I said it too quickly. Data's ass. <laughs> I mean, Brent Spiner is pretty dreamy. Yeah. Even in the white makeup, and he is fully functional. And we all know we want to see it. I'm just interested. I'm yeah, I'm curious. I'm not gonna lie. I'm curious. Who isn't? Yeah, right. Tasha is the only one who knows. And she took that secret to her grave. <laughs> Maybe Jordy. Maybe oh Jordy's definitely, definitely. <laughs> at least brushed up against it in engineering and been like, oh my God. <laughs> oh. The worst kept secret in Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're already talking about penises, so I should probably do the thing. Do the thing. And speaking speaking of things. On Stardate 43152.4, the Enterprise responds to a distress call from a Federation colony on Delta Reyna 4 and discovers the planet to be devastated and devoid of life, save for a patch of land containing a basic house, basic vegetation, and basic white people. Transport- <laughs> Transporting to the surface, the away team meets the human occupants of the house, Kevin and Rashawn Uxbridge, who claim to have witnessed the attack that destroyed the colony but are totally unaware that they are the only survivors. Uh-huh. The team finding nothing of interest, save for a small music box, insists the Uxbridges return to the Enterprise for safety, but they refuse. Aboard the Enterprise, Counselor Troy begins to hear the music from the music box in her mind constantly, tormenting her so much that Dr. Crusher places her in an induced coma. And that's all we need from that thread. An unknown spacecraft appears and attacks the Enterprise, then flees. The Enterprise gives chase, but it's unable to overtake the spaceship. Eventually, Captain Picard orders the Enterprise to return to the planet. Picard transports to the surface personally. Kevin suggests they were spared because they are pacifists. Ah? Uh? <laughs> Upon the away team's return, the spaceship appears in orbit again. But Picard orders the Enterprise to leave the system first, believing the crew is being toyed with. Returning to the planet... 
again. Picard transports to the surface to plead with the Exmages to leave with him. After being refused again, Picard tells him that the Enterprise will remain to protect them as long as they live, and then returns to the ship. The alien spaceship appears again and destroys the Exbridge's home. Conveniently. Picard orders an attack on the craft, and unlike the previous encounters, it easily is destroyed. Playing on a suspicion, Picard has the Enterprise move to a higher orbit, and after a short time, the Exbridge's home reappears. Picard orders the Oxbridges beamed up to the Enterprise and confronts Kevin with his suspicion. Kevin and Rashan's house was destroyed in the attack, and Rashan killed. But Kevin, who is not human, has recreated them both, and created the alien warship to dissuade the Enterprise from investigating and discovering the truth, which is that Kevin is a Dowd, an immortal energy being with vast powers, who fell in love with Rashan and settled on her open. <laughs> <laughs> he's like eh, you know my mother wants me to date a, an immortal energy being as well but honestly i think earth girls are more interesting you're more exotic so i actually was picturing the uh just him settling literally on her and just lying there for five years putting a flag on her I yep. claim this woman in the name of the Dowd. When the planet... Anyway, fell in love with Rashan and settled with her on Reign of Four. When the planet was, dis- was attacked by an aggressive, destructive species called the Hunsnok. Husnok. Husnik. I like Husnik. We're going to go with that. He refused to join the fight in accordance with his species' pacifism. Rashan, however, died defending the colony. Stricken with grief... Kevin lashed out with his vast powers and wiped the entire Husnik species, over 50 billion people, out of existence. (sighs) Horrified by his crime, he chose to self-exile to the planet, creating a replicas of Rashan and their house to spend the rest of eternity together. Picard states that they are not qualified to be his judge, and he's fucking right. They have no laws to fit the magnitude of his crime, so they leave him alone. And they fly away and put a warning out with a beacon to not visit the planet. And Picard later (laughs) says in his log that a being as powerful and conscientious as Kevin is best left alone. And so ends The Survivors. I know we always start with the good, but I just have to say right off the bat, there has never been an omnipotent and yet morally complicated pacifist who was named Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, I love and hated that his name was Kevin. (laughs) Right? It's just like, I am the (laughs) all-powerful Kevin. (laughs) Tremble in fear before Kevin. That's why I uh <laughs> That's why I loved the line about basic white people so much. Right? I laughed out loud. <laughs> basic. You basic. You wiped out 50 billion people, but you basic. I oh, Daniel, I honestly I remember seeing those two. Mm-hmm. It's like Mrs. Doubtfire's check-in agent. <laughs> what are you doing on screen? Deep cut. <laughs> 
I mean, that's what I recognized her from. Turns out I recognized her from a bunch of things, including like Golden Girls and Designing Women and all of my favorite late 80s feminist television. But uh, yeah, I just, I remember them, but I always forget the part that he wiped out 50 billion people. Yeah. I was originally going to subtitle this one Cosmic Holocaust. Oof. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's just, I mean, it is a level of darkness that we have never seen on Star Trek before. Yeah, it's kind of fucked. And I mean, to be fair, if people even touched the love of my life, I would do unspeakable things of horror to them. But (laughs) I feel like you'd stop short of genocide, though. I just, even if it was within your power, I have a feeling. Yeah. I would. You're right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. You have the the decency. That apparently Kevin does not. (laughs) Kevin! (laughs) Oh, Kevin, you done (laughs) killed everyone. (laughs) I'm just picturing all of the montages of um, Catherine Mm O'Hara. Picturing all the montages of Catherine O'Hara screaming, Kevin! In the Home Alone movies. Oh, she's a delight. She's the best. (laughs) Which is why I'm so disappointed her name left my mind for a second. It's okay. Do you watch Schitt's Creek? I do. I adore Schitt's Creek. Mm -hmm. Johnny. (laughs) David. Alexis. (laughs) Her entire demeanor in that show is... I thought I'd seen every like obnoxious, rich, white mom before, but she's a whole nother level. Up She's... there with the greats, with Jessica Walters. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> with Marge Simpson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one of the greatest TV mothers ever. I concur. Well, and I love everything that Catherine O'Hara has ever done. She's the reason I watch Home Alone. Oh, yeah. She's the star. Kevin's just there, that filthy animal. <laughs> so what did you love about this episode, Cameron? Stuff, Daniel. <laughs> really? Get into it. I want to hear what you loved about this episode. I honestly, there isn't much that I just straight up loved. I loved, hated most of this episode. It was very mixed for me. And I mean, it's not that it wasn't decent, compelling television. I actually had a pretty good time watching it, but I just, Counselor Troy being mentally raped. Yeah. I, and I mean, Marina Sirtis is incredibly talented i felt nothing but sorrow for her and her plight but uh i mean tortured so much that she has to be put into a mental coma because kevin was afraid of being found out yeah but then when he was found out it was like oh well i guess i guess you guys know now oh oh shucks (laughs) well i guess i've been found out I'll take the music box out of your psychic counselor's head. And, I killed, uh, uh, killed uh, 50 billion people, <laughs> but I'm going to draw the line at this starship crew that I'm not going to wink out of existence because that's wrong. I've been trying to do right by it, you know? And I mean, I don't know what it's going to take, but I'm, I'm trying. One day at a time, man. One day at a time. That's what my sponsor says. That's why I... <laughs> That's why I uh, made up my wife, and even though... <laughs> so I made up my wife. <laughs> I know a couple of guys who do that, but uh, it's like a, it's a body pillow with an anime character painted on it. Is it someone in this podcast network? I don't have to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> sure you do. 
The listener wants to know. <laughs> it was a beautiful ceremony, and Clark and Sakura are very happy together. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Clark. Well, at least in that household, they shave, save a fortune on shaving. Well, it's not completely hairless. Not oh, completely. Do tell. You're talking about the pillow, right? Yes. Yes. Of course. Okay. Of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, this. It's not that it was bad television by any means. I. I didn't hate this episode, and I've never hated it. It just, it struck me as how fucking dark it is. It just seems really out of left field <laughs> compared to how we've been handling seasons one and two. I mean, they get more worked up about breaking the Prime Directive than the fact that this dude is straight up a mass murderer. It's like, people can't see us, it'll blow their mind, but... Oh, you killed all those people because you were sad. That's so, that must have been really hard, buddy. <laughs> but also, it was like, <laughs> I got the feeling that they were like, holy fucking shit, don't say anything stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kevin, that's okay. We'll just leave you alone because they didn't want to get blinked out of existence. Right. So I'm just <laughs> going to back away slowly, not going anywhere, just going to go talk to my commanding officer. Okay, bye. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it seemed like. Yeah. A thousand percent. Uh, well, did you love anything, Daniel, in this I'm looking at my notes because I'm really not sure if I did. <laughs> I, I did like the setup. Um, I did love that this all-powerful being set um, traps in his yard and that Riker got pulled up in a snare and hung from one ankle. So I mean, dumb, that's but fair. so great. I did love that. Uh, the design of the unidentified ship was really nice. And I did like the cat and mouse game of them of Kevin trying to, uh, God, I just hate that his name is Kevin, uh, of him trying to avoid suspicious suspicious action and throw them off the scent as he continued to hide in shame. I don't, I don't really understand what he wanted out of his life at that point, how he thought it'll be. To be left alone. Yeah. You youngins get out of my yard. Yeah, I just, I got nothing. I got nothing for him. I don't I don't think that this is like poorly written television. I just think that the stakes were like the consequences of his actions were way too severe. Like it should have been like I blinked the ship out of existence. Like then it's the people perpetrating the crime and while an eye for an eye makes the whole universe blind, it's an understandable knee-jerk retaliatory justice. Instead of oh you killed someone I care about. I'm going to wipe your species out of existence. <laughs> it's just, ugh. I like, it's like 25 million steps too far. It just, I mean, it just takes it into a playing field that I, I, I don't know how to handle. It's, it's like, it's like power creep, you know? Like, uh, 
I don't know why I'm all about anime today. I don't know. I'm just a big nerd. Uh, Dragon Ball Z. Nerd. Goku keeps getting stronger, and his his rivals keep getting stronger, his villains. But so that by the time you're a couple seasons in, the power level of everything is so astronomical that the stakes don't feel real anymore. It's it's I mean craziness. You're 100 percent correct. It's like Stalin said: one death is a tragedy, a million deaths is a statistic, and 50 billion deaths is just Kevin's afternoon. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin. <laughs> Why, Kevin? Why? Kevin? Oh, Kevin, oh. no. Well, and I just, I, like, in his rage. We're not going to have our typical good and bad section, guys. It's mostly bad just because it's weird and it's not right. <laughs> well, and, like, I mean, I just, I keep thinking about it. Like, in. In his infinite power, how did this happen? Did they just all disappear? Because that doesn't seem like a typical rage-filled kill. Like, he probably appeared in each of their heads and made them feel pain before they disappeared. Yeah. I don't... Or... Ugh. I don't know, man. I don't want to... I don't know if I want to think about the mechanics of his genocide. <laughs> Excuse me, Kevin. Kevin, quick question: Uh, Did anyone feel pain, or did they just cease to be, or did you like make their hearts explode, like Temple of Doom style, like Kalema, Kalema? What? How did you go about? Or did they did they all burst into flames? How Mm -hmm. did this happen? See, I can't help but think about it because it's just that level of power is. I'm guessing he, Benjamin, buttoned everyone. And they just reverse aged into babies and then into like fetuses and then they disappeared. See, but that, I mean, sure, it's an entire race, but would you feel as guilty about that? They would still get to live the lifetime that they had just backwards. I think that tampering with anyone's remaining time is fucking cruel. And the fact that you're even entertaining which one is better or worse, means that you are a sociopathic monster and I don't want to be associated with you anymore. (laughs) I'm the sociopath. On to the quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Real quick, I should say that John Anderson, who played Kevin, his wife had died a couple weeks before he had to film this episode, and he said it was the hardest thing he ever had to play. Oh... I know. Oh, that's so sad. I know. Oy, just the most depressing. Captain's log, stardate 4315.7. We are departing the Rainer system for Starbase 133. We leave behind a being of extraordinary power and conscience. I'm not certain... If he should be praised or condemned, only that he should be left alone. But also probably condemned, because he's a mass murderer. (laughs) Sir, may I say your attempt to hold the away team at bay with a non-functioning weapon was an act of unmitigated gall? Didn't fool you, huh? I admire gall. This This is one of my favorite lines. Well... 
What do you think, Mr. Wharf? <laughs> Good tea. Nice house. <laughs> <laughs> We're not qualified to be your judges. We have no laws to fit your crime. You're free to return to the planet and to make Rishon live again. Is it my imagination, or does it look lo- <laughs> look a lot meaner this time? <laughs> Tell me this. If Rishon were in danger, would you kill to save her life? Oh, you want, uh, it's you fine. want to do well, it? Uh, fine. No, not for her. <laughs> not for anyone. I will not kill. Uh-huh. Your captain is acting on an assumption, Will. And I'm not sure what the result will be. Or even that my assumption is correct. We found two people alive in a house on a devastated planet, but there was only one survivor of the war on Reina 4. Kevin and I first met each other on a ship at sea. He was a starving student with a threadbare suit and mismatched shoes. I was, a tra- I was traveling with my parents, who did not like the way he kept hanging around. Two hours after I met him, I asked him to marry me, and he knew I was serious. I don't think that, I don't think that he's ever recovered from that day. <laughs> wow, that is a fast, fast uh, engagement to, to be married. I mean, are they Mormon? Sounds about right. Will he return to the planet? Sorry. God damn it, Dane. Okay, here we go. You ready? Will he return to the planet? If he is the creature of conscience I believe him to be, he has someone to help first. She was beginning to sense who I really was. I've lived as a human for over 50 years, but I couldn't hide from her. She has suffered because of my pride and selfishness. It will not happen again. Yeesh. Mm. Nothing like old white guys getting off of rape charges because they say it won't happen again. Oh. (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, Roman Polanski was in the news again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I was concerned. I came to see if I could be of any help. Fuck. I'm fine. (laughs) There's nothing wrong. I'm just tired, that's all. Now, I may not have your gift at reading emotions, counselor, but I can tell when someone is in pain and hiding it. (laughs) Fucking shit. (coughs) You ready? You ready for your breakdown? I hear it. It's still there. It's so loud. Take her to sickbay. No, I want to stay in my quarters. I can get you to sleep. I don't want to sleep. The music will only follow me. I can induce Delta sleep. Lock out even your deepest dreams. It's not a dream. It's real. <laughs> Brava. Thank you. Thank you. Could I have your names, please, just for the record? 
I'm Sean Umbridge, and this is my husband, Kevin. Botanists, originally from the aquatic city New Martin Vaz in Earth's Atlantic Ocean, residents of the Reign of Four colony for five years. You, madam, are 82 years of age and a composer of Tao classical music. You, sir, are 85 years of age and a specialist in symbiotic plant life. You've been married for 53 years. I memorized the colony registry on the way to Reina 4 in the event that such information would be needed. I'm a man of special conscience. While the others did what they could, I chose not to fight. We've all been inflicted one time or another with the melody that won't go away. Kevin Umbridge, I have never turned anyone away from this house, and I'm not going to start now. Mr. Worf, let's raise our voice a little. Fire phasers, just a warning shot. Mr. Data, invite them to stand too. All right. I saw her broken body. I went insane. My hatred exploded. And in an instant of grief, I destroyed the Husnuck. Why did you try to hide this from all of us? Was it out of guilt for not helping Michonne and the others when they were alive? No, 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 no. You don't understand the scope of my crime. I didn't just kill one Husnuck. Or a hundred, or a thousand. I killed them all. All Husnuck. Everywhere. Are eleven thousand people worth fifty billion? Is the love of a woman worth the destruction of an entire species? Species. That was remarkable. I can see the tears in your eyes. Thank you. I'm classically trained. <laughs> I really felt like you destroyed 50 billion people. Thank you. I regretted it just I felt a like, little. I felt like I was in my acting class in my. It really does feel like moments. one of those monologues, right? Oh, it definitely. It felt it. It had the. It it has it has a Shakespearean heft to it, like even if the crew fails to wrestle with it, you can tell that on some level Kevin is. Yep. Like when Picard says, "We cannot judge you," I want to be like, "Send him to the Hague." Like he should be tried for war crimes. <laughs> but yeah, I I was reminded of several of Oedipus's monologues actually. Mm hmm. Right after he claws his eyes out? Yep. That's that's about right. Yeah. That's except, except Kevin didn't claw his claw his eyes out. He's yeah. uh He's not doing anything really. Well, you know. I just don't understand the like creating her whole cloth like that. Just like, ah, well. Well and I I mean I <sighs> It's just a weird delusion, you know? Like, was she so limited because she knew or because he knew or 
Because, like, every time, you know, they crossed a quote-unquote line, she would say, I don't like this. I want to go home. Mm. And it's, was it because that is what she was really like? Or is it because he was expressing his guilt through his creation? Or that he had limited his imagination to being able to create a half-ass clone? I'm just glad that we have didn't have the trope of the old, brilliant, or all-powerful white guy with the hot, young thing, wife, assistant, creation, daughter. I'm just glad we didn't fall into that bullshit. <laughs> Achcha, cha, cha. Achcha, cha. <laughs> and then there's cat ladies, but they got like 18 tits. <laughs> just like real cats. <laughs> that. <laughs> You ever looked at a cat? They're fucking hot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is why Eartha Kitt refused to be on Star Trek. (laughs) Must be. God, that would have been perfect. Can you imagine? (laughs) Ahura, is this your sister? (laughs) Captain, that's very racist of you to assume. It's the 2260s. I mean, the uh, 60s. Uh, it's the <sighs> the swinging 2260s. Bleep, blah, blah, bleep, blah, blah, bleep. Cameron. <laughs> we got to rate this motherfucker. Uh, I know. I'm not looking forward to it. It's hard. It's a, It's difficult. Like, on a scale of, you know, uh, one to 50 billion. <laughs> <laughs> No. Um, how many, how many tragic genocidal monsters would you give this episode, Cameron? <laughs> out of five, it's still out of five. I'm not insane. I, th- I think two. I think two, eh? Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Final answer. I'm gonna hear this back and regret it. But yeah, let's go with two. Wow. Um. This is doesn't happen often. I'm gonna go two point seven five. Wow. wow! Really, wow. just just for the performance. Just even though you know he was a monster, I mean, and even though his name was Kevin, um, it moved me. I did enjoy both of them, and it moved me too. I enjoyed both of their performances immensely, and I just you know, it made me think a lot. Which I mean, Star Trek always does, but this like had deep implications and i might have nightmares guess we'll just have to wait and see crossed well we have loved it hated it quoted it and rated it we have i guess that just leaves one last thing to do and that's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week but to make it so and for dan to say keep on trekking This is like a more fun Venn diagram, essentially. Yeah. You know the one. I'm explaining the internet to you like you're a fucking time traveler. What is a meme? I haven't been online ever. How to make a PDF? (laughs) Would you say, I don't even know what this means? Uh, (laughs) At work, 
people get mad at me for puns. And then I come <laughs> here and I feel embraced. I feel I feel like I found my people, my community. It's because you have. Mm-hmm. Because I know that I'll never, ever pun too far with you, Cameron. No, you will not pun far too far with me. That Kevin is an illusory... Oh, oh, Jesus. Kevin... <coughs> Take the whole line again. <laughs> I'm gonna. A Secret Weapon Production. Teehee.